Oh, okay. <laughs> You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought from Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for listening to Hold That Thought. If you have visited our website, you know that the tagline for this show is Explore a World of Ideas. And in today's episode, there are a lot of layers of exploration going on. Our guest is Doug Weens, professor and chairman of the Earth and Planetary Sciences Department here at Washington University in St. Louis. His fieldwork takes him to one of the most remote places in the world, Antarctica, where he and his students gather data about what's going on deep below the surface of the Earth. First, we'll hear a bit about Antarctica itself and what it's like to do research there. Really, nobody was on the continent of Antarctica until about 100 years ago, and nobody has ever really lived there. I mean, it's just a place where we go to explore, but there's no citizens of Antarctica. And so that means that we just know much less about it than any other continent where where people live and Many times when we go somewhere, you know, it suddenly hits you that you're the first person to ever be in this spot. And, and that's kind of an interesting thought, and I don't think you really get that anywhere else in the world. I think I've been there about seven times. I maybe go about on average every other year myself. I was there last year for about six weeks and uh, actually got stuck there over the holidays. I was supposed to come back right before the holidays, and then there was a big snowstorm, and so we couldn't get out of our camp for a while. The kind of living conditions depend very much on where we are. So the main U.S. base is sort of like a small village, McMurdo. Uh, so that's maybe a little bit more like being in a, a, a small college dorm-type setting or a mining camp. But when we go to the field, a uh, field camp, then we sleep in uh, t- uh, out in the snow. So that's, you know, that's kind of a different experience for a lot of people. You know, it's reasonably comfortable, but when there's a blizzard, uh, you certainly feel it when you get out of your tent. If you're going to risk being stuck in a blizzard in Antarctica, then you'd think that there are probably really important research questions at stake. And there are. As you may have heard, what's happening to the ice sheet in Antarctica has the potential to affect the rest of the world in drastic ways. The science questions, a lot of them relate to what's happening to the ice sheet. So we're kind of all worried that West Antarctic ice sheet is going to start melting. If just the ice sheet in part of Antarctica, the West Antarctic ice sheet, if if that melted, then the sea level, if the whole thing melted, then the sea level would rise like 20 feet. Well, the last flood in New York was caused by a rise of a little bit more than half of that. So you can imagine what a worldwide rise of the uh, sea level by 20 feet uh, would do. We don't expect that to happen real fast. It would probably happen over hundreds of years. But if that happened, it would certainly have major impact all around, all around the world. And so there are satellite measurements uh, from a satellite called GRACE that tell us that certain parts, well, actually what it tells you is that the gravity is decreasing in certain parts of Antarctica. And we want to know whether that comes from ice melting or from some motion of the ground. And so 
one of the things we do is go out and put GPS receivers that are sort of like the GPS mm -hmm. that you use when you go hiking through the forest, uh, but they're more accurate. Uh, we put them on the rocks and then track, you know, whether the surface, the land surface is coming up. And then that is used to calibrate the satellite measurements and tell us whether Antarctica is really losing ice. And it does look like Antarctica is losing ice from around the coastal regions, but not so much from the center part. It's being probably warmed by the ocean, so the coastal parts are losing ice. Figuring out what's happening to the ice sheet also involves looking deep below the surface of the Earth. Let's hear more about how this works. Some of what we do is actually mapping the Earth even hundreds of miles down beneath, uh, beneath the land surface. And uh, this can also be important because this affects how the land might be moving upwards or downwards. If, because uh, when the weight of the ice is pushing down on a continent like Antarctica, it essentially squeezes part of the mantle out from underneath the continent. And then when the ice melts, then that flows back in. But the properties of the Earth, you know, 100 miles down actually affect how that happens. So we're trying to map out essentially the, the viscosity and the temperature of the Earth at great depth to understand that, that process better. So we're using seismic waves actually as sort of a CAT scan for the Earth to try to see what's down there and then see how it relates to processes on the surface. We also use the, the seismographs to record uh, how some of the ice is uh, moving. And so, for example, we, there's one really large ice stream, which is about 100 kilometers or 60 miles wide and many hundreds of miles long. And we found that it, that it slips twice a day, just all of a sudden lurches forward about uh, two feet, and when it does that, then it sends seismic signals all around Antarctica that we pick up with our seismographs. And so we're trying to study the physics of how the ice moves from the center part of Antarctica, where it's really cold, to the coastal part, where it melts, because that's what really controls what happens to the Antarctic ice sheet. And uh, if those ice streams start to move faster, then the ice will move to the coastal areas and melt faster, and then, you know, then the amount of ice in Antarctica will go down in the future. So, but we don't really understand very much about the physics of that, and so that is a lot of what we're looking into. In that last description, Dr. Weens mentioned using seismographs to make these measurements. As part of his fieldwork, he and his team set up these instruments all over Antarctica. But how does a seismograph work exactly? Well, a seismograph basically has two parts. One, one would be a sensor, which is a mechanical device that basically measures how the ground is moving and converts that to electrical signals. And then we have a, a data logger part, which would actually then take those signals and record them onto a computer memory and put time information on there So, because we have to know exactly what time it is, you know, down to a hundredth of a second. So that's really the seismograph. But then for Antarctica, a big part of the problem is also power and warmth um, because it gets too cold. Some of the places that we work get down to about minus 100 Fahrenheit during the winter. And so we have to have instruments that are either kept warmer than that or else, you know, are tolerant of such cold temperatures. So 
we have solar panels for power during the summer. So it's light, light 24 hours during the summer. So there's plenty of power then. And then we have different kinds of battery systems to run the seismographs over the winter. And so that's really been a lot of the development process is getting systems that will actually work uh, in the dark and the cold. So for his research, Weens is exploring the deepest parts of the Earth, underneath one of the world's most harsh landscapes. But there's yet another layer of exploration going on, and that's through time. The research that we've heard about so far mostly has to do with what's happening in Antarctica now, with a hope to understand what might happen in the future. But other projects help understand the distant past. A lot of our work does have to do with trying to reconstruct the history of Antarctica and the history of the Antarctic ice sheet. There's a huge mountain range that's buried completely by ice. There's no mountains sticking out at all. So as geologists, we don't know anything about how long those mountains have been there and you know what role they may have played in the formation of the Antarctic ice sheet. And so what we've been able to find out is that those mountains are actually very old. And so geologically speaking, they've been there for you know, many hundreds of millions of years. And so that probably was the place where the Antarctic ice sheet originated. So the Antarctic ice sheet originated as small, smaller glaciers and ice caps on that mountain range and then moved out as the world got colder moved out and covered the whole continent of Antarctica. It's really kind of mind-blowing sometimes when you think about, as you're flying over Antarctica and you're looking at how it's just completely covered by ice, you know, and there's no, you know, away from the coastline, there's really no living creatures. And that Antarctica used to be, in the geological past, covered by forests and had many animals and reptiles uh, and so forth living there. You know, that's really kind of an amazing thing. And then sometimes I think also I realize that you know, just an f- instant ago in geologic time, Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota and Illinois look the same as Antarctica does now. So I think it gives us an idea of how fragile our climate uh, situation is and how it can change. Knowing that there's an ancient mountain range in Antarctica completely buried by ice, is completely fascinating in itself. But wait, there's more. Well, we've, we think we've discovered an active volcano underneath the ice sheet. So one of my students, Amanda Lowe, is going to give a presentation, and she's writing a paper on some earthquakes she's been studying from under the ice sheet, and they are volcanic earthquakes. And they're in an area where there's some inactive volcanoes sticking out of the ice sheet, so there's a good reason to think there's volcanoes in that area. And these particular kind of volcano earthquakes, are we think they're associated with magma moving under the earth. So to us that's pretty exciting because it might mean that in the future there might be a volcanic eruption underneath the ice sheet, which would be sort of a major event. But we need to learn more about that. We need to uh, do more mapping in that area and so forth. It's kind of amazing because there's so much that's not known. And then you discover something like this. And then you have to gather so much other data to try to interpret it.
Many thanks to Doug Weens for contributing to Hold That Thought. You can find us at thought.artsci.wustl.edu. That's thought.artsci.wustl.edu. We're also on Twitter at WUSTL underscore thinks. And you can find our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Later this week, I'll be posting some photographs of Professor Weens in Antarctica, so be sure to check those out. And as always, thanks for listening.